what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Hello, hello, what is good, everybody? We have a word on today. Today we are going to reveal the secret to moving forward. The secret to moving forward. Now, I'm not so bold as to say that there is one secret or one key to moving forward, but let me also say that I have tried many, many keys. All the keys. (laughs) Okay, maybe not all of them, but I've tried many keys to unlock that door to the future, all right? And I have also gotten lots of feedback. Not every key works to unlock that door, okay? So my encouragement right now, well, let me say my invitation. My invitation right now is for you to just think about what are the keys that come to mind? What are the things that you've tried that have actually worked to some degree in terms of moving forward? That could be a perspective. That could be a certain routine. That could be behaviors or actions that you take. It could be things that you you let go of. Just think about it for you. What has been a key or maybe a secret, if you look at it, that's really worked well for you? Maybe you haven't thought about it in that way before, but maybe it's actually really worked well for you when it comes to change. Some insights. I used to be very hard on myself when it came to change. I would be very self-critical, probably indulging in some (laughs) self-hate, right? Meaning that if I were to give somebody else advice, I would not tell them the same things that I'm walking myself through, right? I would be very controlling of outcomes. I needed to have a plan. I needed to take these actions. I needed to do it by this time or else, right? And then I would assign all these beliefs and limitations and meanings to that that did not serve me at all, okay? And To this day, I believe that I went to grad school for film production because I was really getting a psychology degree. I was learning how to flip and shift narratives. I was understanding character development, motivation, decision making. It was the best investment considering what I do now in the field of professional coaching, right? I work with a lot of people to embrace massive change and real transformation in their life, meaning that they don't go back to old ways. They they don't identify with the old person and the old ways of showing up, and they actually sustain new behavior and new ways of being and operate from a new identity. So how do I do that? One of the secrets, the secret that I'm sharing today. Are you ready? How about that for a buildup? <laughs> All right, here it is. Self-compassion. Yo, self-compassion. Now, some of you are probably here because you're a word nerd, just like me. So I'm going to give you some context about what 
I mean when I say self-compassion because with self-help and self-worth and all these self things, we can kind of get caught up in many different things. So let me break it down. Self-compassion is extending compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. It's really composed of three main components, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. In other words, it entails being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism, okay? So for everyone that is a high achiever, a people pleaser, a perfectionist, a doer, you likely have been indulging in some self-criticism, self-judgment, and you've been making it way harder on yourself than it needs to be in terms of moving forward. And it ends up not being fun. We resist the journey. We live out self-fulfilling prophecies that may be painful and that we didn't have to walk through, right? But we took it into our own hands doing the best we could with what we had. But now we're going to know better, so we're going to do better, okay? So somebody that I admire and that was very pivotal in my own journey of doing the work, she actually has a process called The Work. Her name is Byron Katie. I have loved her work. It's challenged me so, so much. And I'm going to just walk you through the four questions that she has because this is really how you can get and really, I guess, make the bridge from self-criticism or self-judgment or self-hate of any kind over into self-compassion. I think she breaks it down so, so well. All right. So I'm going to walk you through the process or the four questions. So the first question and these first two questions are just yes or no. So the first question is, is it true? Just yes or no. Whatever the belief is that you have, just a yes or no, is it true? The next one is, can you absolutely know that it is true? Can you absolutely know that it is true? Again, yes or no. (laughs) Question number three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? All right. And so some ways to to get to the bottom of this one. Typically, this is a visualization exercise where you're just going to close your eyes and witness the feelings, any body sensations or behaviors that arise when you believe whatever that thought is, okay? So what images do you see in the past or future? What emotions or physical sensations arise as you witness these images that are coming to mind? How do you treat the other person? So a lot of times we believe things, particularly in relationships that aren't true, How do you treat yourself when you believe that thought? Do any obsessions or addictions begin to appear when you believe that thought? Okay, and then the last one is also a visualization. I'm gonna walk you through this. Who would you be without that thought? Who would you be without that thought? So again, this is an exercise and you wanna take some time with this. I recommend at least giving yourself 10, 15 minutes with any thought. Close your eyes, return to the situation, take a moment to reflect, observe, and experience the situation again, this time without the thought. Who or what would you be without the thought? 
how would you see or feel about that person, drop every judgment that you have and notice what is revealed, okay? So I will take you through a common one that I hear because I coach a lot of folks that are transitioning from work into entrepreneurship. Uh, So a common belief that I hear right, or phrase that I hear is, I am not worthy of being a CEO. I'm not worthy of being a CEO. And I know that that sounds crazy, but that's a common one that I hear. So the first question would be, is it true? Mm, No, (laughs) right? Then the next question, can I absolutely know that that is true? No. Right? Like, I I don't have evidence that I'm not worthy of being a CEO. I don't have evidence of that. Right? Or I don't have proof necessarily. Right? Particularly if I haven't been in that environment before. Now, if somebody has been in that environment and failed, there's a little more work, as you can imagine, connected to that. Okay? So this next question, again, one and two are only yes or no. Is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? Then the next question, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So for me, I know in my own story, I was told very early on that creativity, that writing, that coaching, all of those things were hobbies, that they were cute, basically, but you can't be successful. You can't make a living doing those things. So I never challenge that. I never questioned the validity of that. I just was disappointed. I felt anxiety. So I felt kind of these like flurries in my stomach area. I felt tense. My head started going into monkey mind where there was all these thoughts. Well, if I can't do that, then I need to do this. And if I need to do that, then this has to happen. And if that has to happen, then I need to do this, right? It just went into this crazy making, okay? So that was really an interesting experience. So when it comes to that question, what happens when you believe that thought? I go back into doubt and into figuring things out or leaning on my own understanding. I start to resent people that have told me why I can't because deep down I know that I can, right? If I get really, really real. But I start to beat myself up and I start to put a lot of pressure and weight on myself to go after a different outcome. And I start getting out of alignment and I can also start embracing a lot of controlling behaviors, okay? And then what would what would you be without that thought, number four? So who would you be without the thoughts? How would you see and feel about the other person? Drop all of your judgments. So let's say that I never was told that and in fact, even the opposite or like the best case scenario, I was actually encouraged or believed in or poured into, I would look for success stories. I would give myself evidence of how it's possible because if it's possible for this person, if it's possible for them, this person, if it's possible for this person, they come from all different places and backgrounds, right? And God is no respecter of person. So I'm going to build evidence for why I can. I'm going to build my faith. I'm going to activate the the feelings of what that would look like, right? And just play it out without any fear, right? I'm just going to give myself the space to actually visualize it and try it on, right? 
And then I will start to feel excited. I will start to get motivated and I will likely come across my next step of action. Okay. So you can see totally different outcomes. You arrive at a different place when you challenge what it is that you believe. Now, the thing is, is we don't get to these new outcomes when we are not challenging what we believe. The word tells us to take every thought captive that's exalting itself above the truth. But in order to do that, you need to be still and know, <laughs> right? You need to get still enough to recognize and think about what you're thinking about. And you need to just not accept that as true, but challenge it and see what's revealed because a lot of times there's so much that is revealed, even our next step of action, okay? And a lot of times all we need is a word or a perspective shift to change our whole narrative because the thing is, when we are embarking on change, what we don't realize is the timeline of change, the process of change, the work that's involved in change, what we need to let go of to change. There's a lot that's going on there, right? And even the process of getting to change is tricky, right? Like there's the beginning phase where we're thinking about change and maybe we don't even recognize that we're entertaining it. And then we decide to change and then we need to sustain change, right? Like there's so much that's going on. So through that process, in order to enjoy the rhythms of grace, God leads in ways of pleasantness and peace, right? So in order to embrace the process and the journey and not resist it, okay? When we resist things, when we get into that judgment and that criticism and that self-hate or the lack or the limitation, we block ourselves. It is a turbulent journey. We can sometimes shift ourselves back into reverse without intending to. We play out self-fulfilling prophecies that we never ultimately wanted. So we're getting outcomes that we have to deal with the consequences of because we didn't do this work on the front end or throughout the journey, right? So as we can have more compassion with ourselves, we can be gentle about the process and it flows completely different and we get different outcomes. So you know, this is Spirit-Filled Real Talk. So I'm gonna connect the truth to this too to help you really get it and really build on this work of Byron Katie as well. So the first verse that came to me that I thought really highlighted this well was Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And it says here that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So here's the thing, right? If we walk according to the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We won't lean on our own understanding. We won't get things out of context. We won't act in ways where we're just in crazy making and manic behaviors, right? We will have a completely different way of showing up when we operate according to the spirit, when we take the inspired spirit-led actions, right? And gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. So if we want these these fruits to to burst forth in our life, right? Fruit takes time. <laughs> right? The process of growing fruit takes time. So if we want to see gentleness in our life, if we want to enjoy the process a little bit more, if we want to embrace it a little bit more, a key is gentleness with self, self-compassion. And here's a kicker, the more gentle and self-compassionate we are with ourselves, the more we are with others as well. Wild, I know. Okay. 
And then a couple of more scriptures just to back this up. Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So for me, all of that weight that I used to put on myself to be more responsible, to be more mature, to do the quote unquote right thing versus the aligned, divinely inspired thing, right, that got me out of whack. I lift that load off of myself and I release it to God so that I can just focus on the work that I need to do on operating out of my identity in Christ, about operating out of the truth, about declaring the truth, about activating faith, not fear, about taking spirit-led steps with instant obedience, about keeping myself in check, filling up on daily bread, right? That's a lot of work for me to be doing. (laughs) So as I do that work and I don't need all this extra, I can trust God that he's with me and he's not gonna lead me. That gives me courage versus control, okay? Another one that you know, probably, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Okay, so God's plans are good, so why am I spending my time future tripping, right? Getting things out of context, spending a lot of time in anxiety and fear and worry, why am I doing that, right? (laughs) It's a good question. God says I can choose, right? Life or death, choose life. He tells me what to choose so I can have a different outcome, right? (laughs) Now, am I going to do it? Well, that's the question, right? And then lastly, Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay, so when I think about the future, that's telling me that I don't need to freak out about the future and that I do need to think intentionally about what I'm thinking about so that I can embrace the goodness that God has for me. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, but I can miss it if I'm not a good receiver, right? And I have to have some receptors activated, right? We can hear God in many different ways. Sometimes it's seeing, hearing, feeling, perceiving, or knowing, right? And the more still I am, the more I can really pay attention to my receptors, to to my broadband access, if you will. How am I doing, right? Am I picking up on, on godly information or am I consumed with all this extra stuff that really isn't serving me? And maybe that stuff is what I need to let go of, all that stuff that I've been comfortable or accustomed to listening to, to feeding on, to thinking about. Maybe those are the very things that I need to let go to move forward. But I'm not going to beat myself up, right, for engaging in those things or for getting out of alignment. What I'm going to do is be gentle with myself, acknowledge that I've been in those places and that that's not serving me anymore, and gently let those things go by embracing new things, by embracing the truth, by embracing spirit-led action, by taking more time to visualize and to meditate on the Word of God, right? The Word says to meditate on it day and night, Okay, this is not something that it's like instant recall. It can be, but it comes from the practice of practicing truth. Okay, so today is a short, sweet, to the point message, but this is a gentle (laughs) reminder that self-compassion is actually a fruit of the spirit and it is a key 
a secret, if you will, to moving forward and actually enjoying the journey. That's what it's all about. A majority of our life is that transition from A to B, right? We're always on our way somewhere. Even if we've achieved a result, even if we've attained or manifested a certain outcome, there's still other areas of our life where we're closing the gap. So a majority of life is embracing the process. So the sooner you can embrace a little bit more self-compassion, the more joy, the more peace, the more pleasantness, the more fruitfulness you can also tap into. All right, guys, I hope this message blessed you. If it did, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so you can get familiar with when episodes come out every Saturday. You can also check out julianapage.com. There is a new self-mastery course that just dropped. It's a six-week course called U2.0. Definitely make sure to check that out. It embraces concepts of self-mastery and of really doing the identity and authority work to steward well what you've been given. So, so worth the investment. There's also coaching programs over there. So make sure that you go check that out. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.